Ages passed in a world called Spanth. The land was ripped asunder and the ocean turned black in a cataclysm called the Marring. Boros survived, a land of long-lost magic, mythic beasts, and meddling gods. It is here we follow a tale, a tale of heroes, heroes we call... of Dragon Town. Hello and welcome to the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. An original Dungeons and Dragons adventure that dogs don't know is not bacon. I am Jamie, your host and game master. And to my left we have Whiskers. Donatello Whiskers. Rodri Wilder Swiffins. Crobin Dornapple. Galifin Aurelis. Ooh, that's a sweet lineup for today. Same as every day. Jared, you want to hit us with that sweet, sweet recap? Last time on MQBD. After the battle with Morgan, Crobin didn't waste a second and ran through the portal to find Penn. Whiskers brought Rondry back from unconsciousness, only to find that Rondry's legs had little feeling left except immense pain, which left Rondry feeling a tad grumpy. Galavan <laughs> and Whiskers put the fire out in the room. Uh, Whiskers literally jumped over a wall of fire, perhaps overcoming his crippling fear of flames. Then, to the hero's surprise, Igor survived the wax bath. Everyone looked over <laughs> Pete's shattered body, expecting another miracle, but alas, Pete is dead as shit. Farewell, Pete. Inside the cottage in the portal, the gang sees Pen is fine and no harm has come to her. They then meet the three fates, Clotho the Kindler, Loxir the Chandler, and Moiropa the Snuffer. Our heroes eat a giant feast as the fates tell them their story. Basically, they gave Morrigan her power so she could collect destinescence from people that were already dead. Morrigan obviously didn't listen and started murdering people for it. The fates, regretful of the power they trusted to Morrigan, locked her beneath the spire. They've been waiting for heroes, that's us, to clean up their mess for them. In return, they wish to tell Penn her fate and answer the team's questions. What fate do our heroes face in the face of the fates? I can't wait. Ouch. That hurt. It was so good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was really good. It hurt when I was writing it. feel bad. It made me feel bad because it was so good. Great recap. And Jared, I'm actually going to touch on a bit of what you mentioned in there um, because I want to really set the scene for touch this away. episode. Thank you. I will touch. We rejoin Put your hands our heroes. all over it. I'm going to put my hands on these heroes after uh, their battle with Morrigan the Thrice Sworn. A fight that's lasting effects will be felt for some time. From Whiskers overcoming his long held fear of fire, Galavan becoming the victim of powerful, mind altering sleep magic. Galavan, please make note you are now able to be put to sleep by magic. Okay, I'll, I'll take the knot out of cannot. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Crobin's mind and heart being shaken. His very spirit rocks to the core, to Rondry's legs being badly crippled, and his personal invention, the Thunder Cannon, becoming equally unstable. Rondry, please make note that your Thunder Cannon now has a misfire window of one through three. Oof, dangle. Dangle is right. We find them now in the extraplanar domain of the Candle Keepers the demigod fates of Spanth, specifically in their cozy grandmother-style cottage. 
You all had the exceedingly rare opportunity to meet these divine beings, these three women who resembled the same person at three distinct stages of her life, in her youth, in her prime, and in her elder years. They are Clotho, the kindler, who ignites the flame of every mortal life, Loxir, the chandler, who molds the candles that determine the fate of each mortal's life, Moiropa, the snuffer, who extinguishes the flame of every mortal life when its time has come. You had all just partaken in the old tradition of guest friendship, a tradition that requires that all hosts show generosity and courtesy to guests who are far from home, no matter what, if any, disputes may exist between the two parties. You did this by indulging in a delicious meal that they had prepared personalized to your taste. Uh -oh. And after eating this sumptuous feast, you all felt your strength and spirit elevated. You all had experienced a hero's feast which means that you will get a few special conditions. Ooh, what? For the next 24 hours, uh, you can just write uh, under effects of Hero's Feast. It's a spell, so if you ever get, uh, need to know exactly, like, oh, what does that mean again? You can look it up, but I will tell you now, um, so you all know. If you had any diseases or poison in your body, you're cured of it. You have immunity to poison and to being frightened. You, for the next 24 hours, make all wisdom saving throws with advantage, and your maximum hit points increase by 12, and you gain the same number of hit points. Huh. So, yeah. if our max hit points were lowered by the previous fight, what They are, are increased. From the point to which they were lowered previously. Yes. Got it. Yeah. While feasting, you each noticed some fascinating objects around their home, which caught your eye. You were then invited to join them in a room they dubbed the Candle Room, a room where the magic literally happens, to hear your young ward Penn's fate and talk business. Penn, ever the eager beaver, ran ahead and then cried out in shock. You had all just bolted up from your chairs and dashed to her, and as you rushed through the cottage hallway into the Candle Room, you find Penn standing in the doorway, jaw agape at the room beyond. A room full of candles floating in the endless black void of space. And standing just beyond the doorway is uh, Clotho, the kindler. Now looking even younger than she was before. She was like maybe like early 20s, late teens, but now she's only like a few years older than Penn, maybe like 13, 14, something like that. Uh, looking much closer to how she looked when you saw her whiskers, when she was like a little girl Penn's age. Um, and she just was really big with her hands, and she goes, Welcome to the candle room! And you guys kind of just take it all in. You see a large black void as deep as the night sky with candles drifting and floating all around, near and as far as the eye can see, like gold-orange stars trailing off into the infinity of space. Some glide gently through, uh, leaving a neon, almost orange trail behind them, like a brilliant tail. And here and there, drifts of fog float by like passing clouds. Now, although it is a void, when you step, your feet meet resistance and connect with some invisible surface on the ground. Ooh. Whoa. Quite oh, amazing. Lady of light, this is crazy. Yeah, I guess this is cool. <laughs> oh, please, Rondri. You haven't seen anything like this before? I mean, yeah, that's why it's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. You're just so cool, Rondri. I'm not cool. I'm bad. <laughs> what do you guys think? Look at this. This is crazy. I am still in awe. This is something I have never... Oh, my word. 
I almost feel like I've been here before. I have a strange memory. Something like this. It's blowing my fucking mind, though. Well, you <laughs> did die, so you know. It's quite possible, though. I can't really replace it. Can't call it. Can't put my finger on its little nose. <laughs> well, come on in. <laughs> come check it out. Come on, come on, come on. I know, mm-hmm. it's it's try not to get lost in it, because it, it is big, and it, you can kind of, well, really kind of zone out and just like... I mean, we've we are very used to it, but um, I'm, I'm sure it's crazy to you all. <laughs> Will you show us our candles? Oh, absolutely! If you want to see it, yeah, I would love. Oh my gosh, to. yeah, yeah, I want to see my what? Hopefully, what is last this place? Okay, uh, what what did you say? What did <laughs> what? you ask? Huh? I said, what is this place? This is the candle room. This is where every mortal life. Uh, exists, <laughs> you know? This is the, the candle that represents every mortal. Um, You know, it's in here. They're all in here. <laughs> come on, come on, let's show you. And then she goes like uh, running ahead and she, and, uh, she goes, and she turns around, she goes, Pen, Pen, come on. And then Pen's like, oh yeah, all right. It's okay, right, Whiskers? Of course, right, go ahead. All right. I'll, and like halfway through the sentence, she's already running in. Rondri, have I put you on like my back or anything? How are you walking? I'm like, selfishly hobbling and like making a show of how awful it is and just like using my like thunder cannon is like a, a, like a, to balance myself and just like really just huffing and puffing and making a whole like woe is me shit right then i'll probably ignore him and just follow him <laughs> <laughs> so can you even walk i'm i feel like i'm like just using my thunder cannon to like hold myself up as i just kind of shift my legs Oh God! Yeah, it hurts oh, a lot, Roger. Yeah, it's it's not easy going for sure. Don't mind me; I've got it. Okay, <laughs> we won't if you insist. Yeah, um, I insist. Are you sure? You you seem like you really want us to help you, but you could help you, get my legs back. If only I could. I am not a healer. Well, I can heal, but those look like something I cannot address at this moment. Thanks for nothing. Galavid. Okay. <laughs> and you all enter, some of you hobbling, into the giant void of space with many candles floating around it. It's kind of like the Hogwarts Great Hall, where they're just kind of like these candles floating all around, you know? But way um, cooler it, than that, though. Yeah, it's way cooler because <laughs> you're in the void of space. Um, but that's, uh, you know, a little idea for our HP fans out there. And as you all are walking through, you guys notice kind of far off these We got to cater to those HP fans. You got to yeah. cater to the <laughs> HP fans. If you don't, they shut you down. Cancel culture. It's rough. Um, so you guys are walking through and you see far off these large one-eyed creatures in lab coats uh, that are kind of, some of them are like standing in front of these candles and they look to have like a like a, a scroll out and a quill and they're just like stopping and they'll stop in front of a candle every so often and they'll kind of write something down and then they'll kind of continue on. Do they look Wait, like are they Igor? one-eyed creatures like Igor? Damn yeah. it. Mm-hmm. They look exactly like Igor. Oh. What's Igor doing? Igor is looking around with his big eye. And he's got he like hearts like, like floating off his head. He's like <laughs> got the eye on one of them. They're, they're just like sexy music's playing. Yeah, yeah. There's one. There's one that looks exactly like him, but is wearing a lab coat. <laughs> like, and a blonde, like and has blonde him. hair and like red lips. And whiskers yeah, will walk up exactly. behind Igor and kind of like nudge his shoulder, like, "Oh, that thing is looking at you." <laughs> 
No, it must be looking at you. (laughs) 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 And then he kind of like lifts his shoulders up and and sticks his hands into his robes and like walks away kind of like embarrassed and and shy and demure. I love that we're still calling him Igor, even though we learned his name. (laughs) (laughs) Which I have forgotten. Just to be clear, I don't know what it is anymore. Great. Super cool. So you are all welcomed into this uh, void. And... Can't remind us. Oh, I thought is it one of you. Piero? Is it Piero? Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm not going to remind you. No, you got to fucking take notes, piece of shit. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So you are all welcomed into the void, and Loxier, the middle-aged fate, um, leads you in and kind of gestures her hands with one hand, kind of gestures to all the candles. She says, yes, we who are the candle keepers, also known as the fates, the inevitables, and in a few melodramatic academic circles, they who are sworn to the candles, exist to control the activity and passage of each mortal life. This is what is called fate, the day-to-day doings, the humdrum carrying on of each life from the lowliest backwater drunk to the wealthiest noble socialite. The micro level, as it were, the so mundane. Hardly never is the work interesting. And at this point, after all the lives we've seen, it takes a great deal to even remotely catch our interest. Oh, I consider that a challenge. Well, we have been impressed by all of you, of course. And she kind of, she's holding this, this large brass candlestick in her hand, and she kind of gestures to your whole group as she says this. Now, of course, we three are, were, bro- were born of Vale, ruler of destiny and prophecy, who controls the major transpirings of all to occur in your material plane. The great cosmic direction of the universe the great mystery of the future of all, sown in the primal, unknowable, entirely ineffable workings of Vale. This is destiny. You could say fate is to destiny as a single candle, and she reaches up and grabs one out of the floating void, is to the mighty son of the Lady of Light, Selene herself. And then she kind of lets it go, and it drifts away. She goes, come, come. We have much to discuss. Who was that? Oh, that? That was George Lundbeck. Don't worry, you'll never meet him. Okay. Shout out to George Lundbeck! He's one of our, he's one of our fans! Oh, shit. Yes. George emailed us. Back to the action. <laughs> yeah! The fates welcome you forward, and uh, Loxier goes, Now we are going to reveal this lovely young girl's fate, and she kind of gestures with the candlestick to Pen. Um, But first, we have some business to discuss that we believe could be mutually beneficial for all of us. And we hope to discuss this first, and um, then we can get to uh, this lovely young lady's destiny. Is this uh, agreeable with all of you? Yes, I, I see no reason why not. Excellent. Excellent! Excellent, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, great. Uh, she kind of turns to face all of you and you semicircle around her, these candles drifting every which way around you all as you stand in this void. We would like you to give us the destinescence that you have in your possession. This would allow us to free ourselves from our mother's eternal punishment, the endless servitude of managing fate that we did not request. 
We believe doing so would be doing the world a great boon, as well as put several overreaching gods, including our mother, in their place. And in exchange for this destinescence, we are prepared to grant each of you three gifts of your choosing. What do you say? Well, I would wonder what the gods are that you are not uh, put that you want to put in their place. Just curious. I, I love putting gods in their place. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> um, the gods in question that we would be putting in our place, uh, really, just two. One of which is our lovely mother. And the other is one you all know. You've had a dealing with him before. Cultowell. Oh. Who is I just have a dis... I can't quite remember, but for some reason I just kind of feel like that guy kind of sucks. Anyone else feel that way? I don't... Yes, I, I don't have a specific memory of him. Is, was that the god of the wheel? I forget. Life cycles harvest. Yes. I don't know why I know. Yeah. It's just coming to my head. The seasons and agriculture, all that stuff. You had a run-in with one of his uh, devout worshippers. <laughs> a Lesney? Remember her? Oh, yes. The thing with the bridge where she tried to kill you off? Yes, of course. That is why. Oh. Rondry, I do believe you will fashion some ingenious method to get your legs back working if they do not heal themselves. You are a brilliant young man, and you have a lot to gain from looking at this as a problem to overcome. The old uh, fate, Moiropa, sidles up to you, Rondry. Do you really want to die? Because that can be arranged. I don't know yet. Let me think about it. Do. Yes, while he's thinking about it, I have a question for you, ladies. Yes, what would you ask? Here's my problem with the whole thing. You're trying to give up your post, your position, right? And you're saying this would be better for everyone. Well, how so? Would someone else take your place? Or would it just go like, you know, position closed? That is a great question. A very sound question, indeed. Well, whispers puffs his chest up a bit. Are absolutely <laughs> prepared to answer. In order to understand this, you must understand how souls and the reincarnation process occurs, and how souls do get dispersed. We will uh, illustrate this by taking you through a mortal life cycle. We'll use um this one, for example. And she reaches out, and wait, there's wait. a random candle that kind of floats to her hand. What are you going to do? That's like well melted away. This particular person, she gestures to the candle, lives in Hargensale. And before you say anything, do not worry. Now is their predetermined time to pass on. Now watch. Clotho takes the candle and throws it to Moiropa, and it kind of drifts through the air, and Moiropa snatches it out of the air. And then Moiropa, like, licks her fingers, her old, like, wrinkly fingers, brings it up to the candle, and pinches out the flame. And there's a little, like, spark, in addition to the wisp of smoke that normally accompanies a, a candle being snuffed, there's also a little, like a, like a fire being lit, almost, but it poof, goes out, and a little thin wisp of smoke rises from the candle. You see its essence as this wisp rises, kind of unforms and reforms, and, and the smoke grows and starts to billow outward and becomes, it floats up in the air above all of you, becomes a series of smoky visions hanging in space that then coalesce and they begin to reveal to you some images. 
you see a spectral human woman standing over her own pale body in bed. A rough-spun farmer type with a bit of straw sticking out of the corner of his mouth standing beside her in a long black robe, speaking with her, their lips moving soundlessly. They talk for some time before Coltoel asks her a question. She nods and smiles sadly. Then he places a skeletal hand on her shoulder, and with a flick of his scythe, the visions shift. Now, if Kelly Moore here had achieved great glory or committed acts of evil, she would have taken to she would be taken to have her life judged before Thaldeus and his divine court, as some of you might or uh, might not remember. Whiskers scratches his head. I'm going to look at Whiskers like, oh. Hmm. Yes, and there, the judge on high, Mr. Stormlord himself, uh, would consider either the heroic planes of Elysium for her, or they would relinqu- relinquish her soul to Gaul and the dismal underworld of Hades, <laughs> all depending on how much good or evil she put into the world, as is the system long ago designed by the gods of the celestial realm. And of course, if, if Miss Kelly Moore had not made room in her life for the worship of Coltoel, she would be taken directly to Hades, which is why so many common folk are sure to make the appropriate offerings to Coltoel. Coltoel only accepts the souls of his faithful for reincarnation, those who have led entirely uneventful lives, those that he's encouraged to safely distance themselves from the inner workings of destiny which, as you imagine, ends up being mostly farmers, hunters, cobblers, town guards, merchants, tavern owners, glassblowers, stoneworkers, and so forth. You get it. But, 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 Kelly appeased the right gods and goddesses and lived a honest, ordinary life as a simple, if not derivative, carpenter. So she'll be taken by the Harvest Lord to be reincarnated. And as the fate finishes saying this, the smoke begins to reform up above to show a great blue void of the night sky, similar to yours, um, the, the black void that you're in, but more cosmic dust, uh, way more similar to the starry night sky you're used to looking at, stars twinkling far off in the distance, and you see suspended in it a massive wheel of dark, rich wood, like a water wheel with a golden, hallowed glow, slowly revolving with so many little blue points of light being carried around by it. And there's a hole in space above it that beams with white light. And we see a tiny blue mote of light fall through the glowing rib, down onto the wheel where it joins the many others, scores of others already there. And the great wheel continues to revolve, shuffling it and the other souls slowly with a low, yawning, celestial groan. We then see below this great wheel another rip in space, nearly identical to the one in the top, but through which the continent of Voros, bathed in sunlight far below, can be seen. We see a tiny blue speck drift away from the wheel and float gently down to this portal, passing through it. We follow as it is then plucked from the air by Coltoel, from the sky like an olive on an olive tree. He then casts it out over the land like a farmer spilling seed. He places his hand over his brow, watching it as it falls, content. We see it vanish out of sight far below. And there you have it, the shuffling of mortal coils in a nutshell. That's how that works. (laughs) 
That is interesting. So if you were not here, then they would not be reincarnated. Well, no. You see, we play no part in the reincarnation process itself, necessarily. Clotho lights the light of the soul, and I mold the candle that determines the life to be lived, and Moiropa does snuff the candle that is the life, so we do play our part in life and death, but not in the reincarnation. The power of the destinescence would allow us to our, would allow our job to carry on without us needing to do it. Ah. And you're saying a cult to hell kind of gets screwed over in the process? Oh, yes. Why? Count me in, baby. Well, how would he get screwed over? I do not understand this. Well, what we would be doing would effectively end reincarnation. Uh, that's kind of what I just asked, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he just asked. Were you not listening to him? So that's the gist of it. Yeah, no, I'm in. Okay, that's great. Well, why? What do you have you know, against Cult to L? And what do you uh, fates have against Cult L? Well, we. Uh, Loxier. She like looks to uh, Loxier as she like pulls on her little Victorian style dress, and Loxier looks to you all and she goes, "We don't have anything personal against Cult L." other than the fact that he is the reason why our work is so eternal. Because if there was no reincarnation, we would not continually have lives to bring into existence and lives to take out of it. So what you're saying is that if you stop doing your job and reincarnation stops happening then there won't be any more candles and there won't be any more people. No, no, no. There will be people. There just won't be reincarnation. Everyone who currently has a candle in this room, we will finish up, of course. And every soul you saw in that wheel will still have to be born and created. But we will block off the reincarnation process. Will no one be new be born? No, no, no. New new people will be born. New people will be born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not we're not stopping new people from being born. They're still going to be born. Will we're still going to have babies and nothing people, nothing is really going to change. Will people die? Oh yes, people will still die. Like I said, we're going to finish our work. So it will still be some time. But whoa, with whoa, the destinescence, we will allow to put us to put placeholders in so that something else can finish the work for us, you see. Who is something else? Who is replacing it? Replacing you? Well, it's different for all of us. You see, a bottle of destinescence for me, uh, Clotho, will allow me to create a permanent wall of life fire beneath that big soul wheel you saw up there that when souls pass through they will have their flame rekindled, just like that. So I don't have to do it, which would be great. And it'll automatically do it, and uh, it will last forever, pretty much. And for Loxier, yes, for me, a bottle of Destinescence would allow me to infuse all of these candles currently in this candle room, as well as all the souls currently in that soul wheel right now with the Destinescence allowing them a greater measure of possibility 
to achieve greatness. And a bottle of essence for me will allow me to create a barrier, an impassable barrier, right above that rip, above the soul wheel that you saw, through which Serac's cold breath cannot blow. You all know Serac, god of death, right? Yes, his wind is what moves the wheel along, and with that barrier up there, it would slow the wheel considerably, so the wheel need not be fed. We know that this is a lot to ask, but if you are still not convinced, hear us out. So, we we have been working so long, tirelessly, really, because we don't sleep, so all we do is work. Uh, and we have been doing this for millennia. Like, you guys don't even know. If you think some weeks are hard, we've been doing this for a really, really, really long time. Like, forever. Uh, literally. <laughs> forever. And and all we have been working for is is just, we just need the destinescence to, to stop it. And needless to say, they're, they're, it's quite valuable to us that we, we have them. With it, we can be relieved of the duties, we'll be free to go out and, and be granted the same freedom that, that you mortals are mostly kind of afforded. And I mean, you can't imagine how, how tedious it is to perform the same task over and over and over and over and over and over and over again for thousands oh, of years. I it's crazy. I know how that goes. You, you know? Okay, yeah. see, this guy knows. That's why I've, I've I mean, invented machines to automate and do all these boring tasks for me. And that's all we're trying to do? I mean, at least Loxier here can, can take a little more creative control with their work, with the molding of the candle and all that. But it, even then, it still has to fall into our mother's grand design of destiny, you know? I mean, we didn't ask for this lifelong enslavement in, in toil and drudgery. We didn't have any say in this. We were just born, forced into it. I mean, all we want is our freedom and for all the mortals of Spanth to be given the same opportunity. I'm in. What would you do um, with your freedom? I had that same question. I'm curious. Loxier kind of rubs the candlestick uh, along her cheek and across her chin. She goes, you know, we've never been allowed to live for ourselves. We've been here for as long as we've known. This is all we've known. So you can imagine what it must be like to not only watch, but be responsible for many, many other lives that uh, live. They live. Whether whether what they do, whether they know whether or not what they do is their choice or not, they're still living their life. And, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but we are usually of a like mind. We would live. But are you, aren't you not... You're not mortal, is this not true? That is correct. Well, then you would not be living, because to live is to know that you will die. Do the gods not live, doing whatever they wish? They <laughs> exist. They do not live like we live. Then do the perhaps gods an existence... Have no, no, they do not. Immortals do not possess candles. Well, and then Loxir's attention kind of drifts over... And you all kind of, and she, she glances back very quickly, but as you follow her gaze for a moment, you all see far, kind of, kind of in the distance, but just far enough away that you can kind of make out a large 
black candle, about a foot thick and about three feet tall, that is entirely black, that is wrapped in white chains. But she looks back to you and she goes, no, immortals don't have candles. Okay, well, then what's that one? (laughs) That is our business. That is beyond your understanding. I can understand a lot, actually, so try me. No. I think it has to do with his brain inside. It's like static in there. So he doesn't have that distracting. He doesn't have emotions distracting his logic. What do you know about my brain? Well, this the pixie told us, did she not? Oh, yeah. I believe we're getting a little off track. Look, this freedom will allow mortals greater choice in their own lives. It will weaken our mother Vale's influence over all of them. Vale claims to have this grand vision of the fabric of fate and the way things should be, but she created us to lessen her workload, and without us, she'll be spread pretty thin. She's already spread pretty thin, honestly. Mortals will be under much less obligation to follow Vale's plan. Vale is a... Ooh, she is a big B... Big B word. I don't want to say it, but you know what I mean. And our great uncle Ozmai is, unfortunately, a pretender. Trust us. We have... Wait, you're saying Ozmai is a pretender? We have had little to no deviations in our plans, and she gestures to all of them with the candlestick, for almost a millennia. What the fates write is so. Maybe long ago, great uncle Ozmai used to allow mortals more choice, but... It hasn't been that way for a very long time. So now is your chance to change that, to empower Ozmai Eye greater. Look, what our mother and our great-great-uncle are doing is wrong. No one should decide mortals' fates but mortals. And by forcing mortals to worship him and to keep their heads down, to live an unremarkable life so that they may hope to be reincarnated... Kultuel is not only encouraging mediocrity, but also reaffirming the idea that the mortal realm is something worth clinging to. Life is not just what happens on the material plane, as you all can, you know, bear witness to right now. There is an afterlife, an underworld, all of that. Kultuel's idea of reincarnation keeps the mortals clinging tightly to a mundane existence when they should be letting go and moving on. Maybe if they knew they only had one go through life, more mortals would be encouraged to make the most of it. Instead of just toiling away in the fields every day, burning their necks and breaking their backs to scrape by on a meager, unfulfilling existence, maybe they'd leave home and carry out a long-held passion, entertain their friends, go on an adventure. Make something beautiful, a life well-lived. Yes, truly you have amazing powers, and your intentions seem pure, but... I don't think so. You are offering... What you are gaining is eternal freedom, and you are offering us... (laughs) I have to say this is impressive, but I don't think it matches. I also don't think that your intentions are pure. They all turn to look at you? Really? Groban, please, let's talk. I would like to hear what you have to say. Should we leave, or... I know. want to. 
what it is to hold a grudge. And I would think that other gods would be above the influence of Razul. But there's um, clearly other motivations besides your freedom and the well-being of all of the people. You have obvious spite for your mother, for Osmai and for Coltwell. They're all nodding. Yes, this is true. We're not going to hide that. We do. But they aren't our main motivation. Honestly, if you think a slight grudge against Osmai for for not doing his part and giving mortals more choice, lessening our work, is overtaken by the amount of sheer joy and gratitude and contentment we would have by being freed from this work. I mean, it, it's, it, it's very hard to explain to somebody who doesn't know anything uh, about all of this, who has not lived for millennia. It is very hard for you to understand, but just try to imagine. Crobin, are you imagining? Yes. Oh. Well, I was going to say, I would trade in three of these for just one thing. You said you'd give us three things. Each of us three things, is that correct? Yeah, 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 that's right. Three things. Well, I, I'm wondering, instead of three things, I just want one thing that's within this, uh, uh, within your domicile. I'm sure that's possible, yeah. Spit it out, my man. All right, how about my candle? Oh, you want it in your chest? Like, like, uh, Morrigan? No, I would like it somewhere else, perhaps, in your chest. is kind of weird. Yeah, that's a little strange. So you want to just be able to carry it around with you? Sure. Yeah, and my, and my scepter. And can anyone Ooh. snuff out a, 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 a candle, or is it just you? It's just me. And if I have the candle and it's not here, you cannot snuff it out, or you have to find me? What, what, what about that? Well, we cannot traverse to the mortal plane, but if you were to give us the destinescence and our freedom, then I could theoretically, yes, I would have to come to you to find your candle and snuff it personally, yes. Interesting. Galavan, what you're asking is possible, but it is a big request, and we only broke that rule for Morrigan because she she sacrificed years of her life to help us with our work. I think we could do this, but in exchange, you would need to help us. Not just I mean, with the destinescence, the freedom that comes with it, but we would ask you to lend us your faith. Ah, interesting. This gets, I just want to know what's on the table, you know. It is a big deal we are talking about. That's why you're here. Can, can I confer with my friends for a second? Please. I think you should, yes. Okay. We had a lot. I really want to know what that big black candle is. Yeah, are we all on the same page here that we're cool with this? No, not at all. I'm not cool with this. <laughs> oh, really? Because I'm, like, super into it. Yeah, I'm with Penn. Uh, oh, pen. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Why? We are talking about meddling with the lives of farmers and common people, and I. I thought I we're talking about not meddling with the lives of farmers and common people. That's the thing. Well, that's no, what 
that's what they say, but these people, they worship this God and they get reincarnated. Who is to say that they do not want this? Right. Does anyone else feel like they want to punch Coltwell in the face? I'm just saying. I, I it's kind of a do. feeling. Yeah, what, why you, what is your deal? <laughs> what do you, what do you <laughs> Is it because he didn't reincarnate you? Vale did, and she took your eye? Whiskers just shrugged her shoulders. Okay. Wait, but if you were reincarnated, you wouldn't be Whiskers anymore. I don't remember what happened. I do know Vale took my eye, but... I think one of them was suggesting that you were in the... Talking to Thaldeus or something. Yeah, right. Probably. Okay, well... So, Ranji, how about you? Uh, I mean, this looks like boring work. I, I want to help them automate it. I mean, yeah. Why, why yeah, do I the mean, same thing over and over again? That's just, like, so dumb. I mean, They're asking us for their freedom, and you're saying no. I don't think they're telling us the whole truth. They're asking us for the freedom, but they are immortal. So what we are doing is setting free three immortals into the land to do whatever they wish. And... Well, that's three more. I mean, that's the world true. already has a bunch of immortals doing whatever they wish, doesn't it? I guess that is true, yes. Maybe what they just that? like, maybe, I don't know. It's I need to pray on point. this. And Whiskers will spin around and get down on one knee. I want to pray to Rodane. I want to think about this. Right on. That is a good idea. I, I too will pray. And their grudge against Osmai. I'm not going to pray, by the way. I'm going to keep talking while you guys try and focus on your prayers. I'll oh, by the you. way, I I am not focusing. I am popping <laughs> open the other bottle of wine and I am drinking it completely. Oh, by the way, Noah, um, they actually don't have a grudge against Osmai. The uh, they they have a major well, major grudge seems him. to be with Coltowell and. Right, but they blame Osmai when they don't. They blame be him for being ineffective. Yeah, that's true. They do well, blame him for his ineffectiveness. Yeah, it just seems hypocritical to me. Is all like, for sure. Hey, um, sorry. Hey, I'm, and you see that Clotho is like wiggled her way in. Hey, sorry. I, ju- I don't want to interrupt your your thing. I just wanted to. We were talking over there as well. Um, I just wanted to say if you guys aren't cool with giving us all three bottles, if you guys just want to do one or two. We can do that. We you can just give us one, and then one person will get three gifts. Two bottles, two people will get three gifts. Three bottles, we'll throw in the third, and then we'll throw in the fourth for free because you've freed all three of us. Wait, wait. So, well, what about Pen? Oh, Pen. Um, we already talked actually. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier. Um, I don't really need anything from them. They said that once I hear my my destiny. I I don't know. I mean, like, they, they they said if I still want something after I've heard my destiny, then they'd, uh, I'd like, you know, they'd give it to me. So that sounds good to me. Wait, what if your destiny is being, like, imprisoned in them or something? I mean, that, well, I mean, that would be terrible, but I don't think that's, I don't know. Hopefully you guys would prevent that from happening. I would never let that happen. I still have another question. While you're I'm still here. here. Butt- hi. While you're here, butting into our. Yeah, hi. I've been right here the whole time. Oh, not you, Pen. No, this isn't Pen. I don't have an oh accent, and I God. speak quicker. What's up? Hi. <laughs> so, if Vale controls everyone's destiny, mm-hmm. and you control everyone's fate, mm-hmm. then what is the purpose of all of the other gods? And do they have any control at all? Yes. I'll, I'll take my answer off air. No, that's the answer. The answer is yes. The gods' purpose is to do whatever they want because <laughs> they do. Um, and uh, we 
schedule the fate of mortals to be what it's going to be. Um, most of the time we can predict uh, what what gods are going to influence their lives. For example, like Galavan here, you know, we know that, you know, Lamundas have a profound effect on your life. We've, we planned that in and we knew that he was going to do that. So we, we know what effect the gods will have on the mortals lives. But when things get tricky is when the gods affect each other. And then that effect causes them to affect a mortal's life. That's when things get a little tricky. It's kind of hard to explain to somebody who's not like, you know, totally nuanced in fate and destiny, but it's basically, it's a ripple effect that only starts to affect us a few ripples down the line. Does that kind of make sense a little? And she like scratches her head, tugs on her dress. So it's like the butterfly (laughs) effect where like they flap their wings so so that it causes a hurricane somewhere else down the line. But there's a predetermined fate and destiny. So no matter what happens, nothing changes. But creatures outside of the realm of fate and destiny, like immortals, whose actions we cannot control, we can only control the actions of mortals. So immortals influence on mortal lives we know about. But when immortals affect mortals and then that affects that immortals affecting a mortal's life, oh boy, that's when things get screwy. Well, what about when a mortal affects an immortal life, like such as you're asking us to do with you? Well, everything, like we said before, everything that's happening now is completely unprecedented. Like, like we are not allowed normally contact with you mortals for the exact reason that now we're in completely uncharted territory because we uh, do not have candles as you're probably imagining and we are putting uh, choices in front of you and having a profound effect on you maybe if i guess right whose set candle is will you tell me whose set candle what did you say no that black candle if i guess whose it is will you tell me yeah go for it is it Vale's candle nope is it a candle for all the gods? Nope. Is it your candle? Mm, candle of nope. the fates? Uh, is Rodane talking to me? Roll a charisma check, Whiskers. Charisma? D20, add charisma. And, you know, Galvin, do the same. 17. Oh, I got a 22. Right on. Both of you do not receive any sort of tangible response from your gods. You feel a little distant, honestly. You feel a little bit of like distortion, but that's probably, bless you, that's probably just because you're on, uh, you're in the Candlekeeper's like realm, but you you don't get any more or less response than usual. Well, in that case, Whiskers stands up, wipes his hands off, and he's like, well, what are we doing? I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) You're just in for whatever we're doing? Is that... The gist? Who's talking to me? This is me, Pen. Pen, I'm in to do the thing. The thing we want to do oh, with I the see. fates. Right, I'm in. yeah, yeah. I'm in too. Crobin, let's talk. Okay. I don't know about this. I feel like I would be betraying the common people by turning back our backs on Osm. No, Kotuel. I don't know. I just don't know who to trust. My question is, how are you feeling like you're betraying people? Hey, if excuse anything, me. I am talking to Crobin over here. Uh, it, oh, it's sorry, for sorry. In, uh Crobin, you don't trust anybody ever, so, you know. That's not true. I trust people who deserve it. I didn't trust, <laughs> I didn't trust Lady Blackbird because she obviously did it. <laughs> and I don't trust the gods because they are always messing with my life. 
I'm gonna use a bonus action and make my cloak billow dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear you just hear from over by the fates a uh, little cloak that go nice. <laughs> if they're telling the truth, then of course I'm in. They make it sound great, except for the cult to well thing and the reincarnation thing. I don't understand how you know I what think happens that to souls going to that be... are. Not reincarnated. Automated is what they, they say. Except yeah. for the reincarnation, which is not going to happen at all. Well, new people will be born, but yes, they won't. They will go to whatever. I guess Kotuel will not where will the have fates, a purpose. I mean, where will the souls come from if they're not being reincarnated? I think that is only who worships Kotuel that get reincarnated. This is what I understood. That was my concern too, but when they explained it, I think that is why it is indirectly screwing him over. But again, yes, we don't know what we don't know, which is a lot here. Something's weird. Why don't they just take the destinescence? Exactly. And if it's so powerful, you know, could we use it to save Pen or do, you know, could we do something that we know is good? I wonder if we can wait to ask them, uh, uh, make our decision until after Pen has said what she has to, learned about her fate. Something tells me they won't abide. I'm going to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Mm. Yes. Can, can we make our decision after Pen has heard her fate? They all turn and look at each other and then look back to you and they go, it's, as you might imagine, this is something we have been working for for a long time. And uh, we would really rather not put it off anymore. You can tell us yes, or you can tell us no, but we will just need for sheer peace of mind to know your answer. Whiskers looks to you two. Let's huddle up. <laughs> Whiskers shuffles you back huddle over up to again. you guys. <laughs> uh, and as, as before you guys huddle up, um, Loxier actually flags you Galvin with her hand. She goes, you know, it's might help if you knew what you were giving us exactly, what this destinescence is. It is a particularly difficult thing to explain, especially to ones who have not been enswaddled in the nuances of destiny and fate for a lifetime, but we will try. Destinescence is potential incarnate the essence and soul energy possessed by great heroes that allow them to alter fate. Most of the mortal world's supply of destinescence actually comes from the reincarnated energy of the Paragons themselves after they died thousands of years ago. Ah. Yes, amazingly, mortals of the most exceptional amount of willpower and drive have been known to alter their fate. Rarer still are those who have been known to alter not only their fate and the fates of others, but destiny as well. Of course, there have, there are more cases of this in the distant past, especially in the age leading up to the summer splendor of Omnagaga. Heroes oh, play a yes, big role in the eyes of Voros. Yes, you know, yes. the ancient <laughs> civilization. But many heroes, as you know, are displayed in the night sky as constellations. 
I'm not sure why Destinescence allows heroes this ability, or why heroes can generate Destinescence and alter their fate. Uh, uh, oh, oh, some say that it's because of the intervention of one of the goddesses from a long time ago. Uh, most ascribing it to one in particular, calling it Rodane Circumvention. I'm although, in. I'm doing although, it. Although, okay, uh, yeah, all you gotta do is just be a hero and alter your fate. <laughs> um, so, Check and mate. Yeah. So um, I, I will say it's not just heroes who have been known to alter their fate. Uh, some who have committed great chaos have also, but ambition to do good does seem to be the most common perpetrator. Well then, I have so, a new idea. I want to huddle up again. Excuse us. Yes, please, please go discuss. Guys, I have a new idea. Instead Somebody. of giving it to them, why don't we all drink it? Because there's only three bottles and there's four of well, us. Well, we share, you know. It's like three, we each get three-fourths. Well, then why don't we just give them one and then we drink, share the two? I like that, yes. But then we have to choose one of us to get their whatever, you know. So, or will you choose one of us to get their thing and, well, I don't know. They this got is... the destinescence from people and now they want to take people. it all. Dead people. Oh, it's like siphoned off while they're getting Yeah, that was the whole thing with Morgan. She was taking it from live people and the fates were like, that ain't cool. So if it comes when they are reincarnated and we're stopping reincarnation, then all the destinescence will cease to flow? Hey, fates... <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's up? Can you say again how you got the destinescence? Well, we had Morrigan get it for us. So if we give it to you, is there any left for the world? There is still destinescence out there. There might even be some some individual out there generating destinescence right now. It actually seems to be I mean, oh, I mean it's a, it's a pretty tricky thing, but it seems to be generated when people have great ambition to do good things. Whiskers huddles up again, and he's like, Look, I know you guys are distrusting of the fates, but I seriously have no distrust at all in them, and I completely trust them. Well, have you considered that we could just drink it? And <laughs> I don't know. I did when you said it, yeah. Um, I don't know what would happen to us if we drank it. Exactly. They do not either, perhaps. Hey, fates. No, 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 no. Don't, don't tell them. Yes. No, 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 yes. come back. What happens <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> if I am the generator of Destinescence? What do you mean? I want to do good. Then you will alter your fate. If you, if you strongly desire to do good and your ambition is true and pure, you will be able to... I, will, I won't say will because I don't, don't know. I, I personally have created your fate, Rondri. But if you want it enough, you can change your fate, generating destinescence to reside on your very soul. Okay, huddle up, everyone. Okay. See that, Galavan? We can create destinescence. We've already probably done it. Right. Well, we can also drink it. <laughs> it's just here. But that's a shortcut. Yeah, but how do we know you can digest it? Yeah, I you're know. taking a huge risk when... How does it get to your soul from your... You know, from your large intestine or whatever. Through your bloodstream, of course. This is common biology. You probably would, did not have a tutor like I did, but I, I understand. It is a privilege tutor. of the noble. And as you all discuss what you'll do, <laughs> the camera pans upwards into the mass amounts of candles 
floating in the void of space. And we fade to black, as we call it there for this episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that felt like five minutes to me. I know. It did to me as well. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening very much. We love you. Yay. Yeah. You're the best. Guys, we got a big decision to make. I know. Yeah. It's tough. Tweet the number of bottles you want us to, to slug down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though it will be way after you guys have made this decision, we still want to know what you think. Yeah, type one for one bottle to slug down, two for two bottles. They to get slug how down. numbers work. They get it. Yeah. Or type R for following Rodane's sweet, sweet blessing. Yeah. Which I don't know what that is. Isn't type R <laughs> a sure Nintendo game? Maybe, R-type. David. It's R-type. Maybe. R-type, it's R type, everyone. In case you're wondering, it's R type. And if you text R type to one two three four five, that's a vote for Justin Guarini. <laughs> wow, what a reference! Thanks, uh, guys. Please help us out by subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Uh, we really want to reach more people with our podcast, and hey. we need your help. If you write us a review, we will shout you out on the pod. And if you tell a friend, we will shout you out on the pod. If you tell us, and we might name a character in the world after you, which would be pretty cool. Um, Guys, also, if you are financially blessed, liquid, liquid, monetary, cashola, offshore accounts, big fat liar, Paul Giamatti, stacks of cash, blank check, motherfucking Jeff Bezos. We have a tip jar uh, in our description for this episode or any of our episodes. If you're Jeff Bezos, (laughs) you'll steal the tips from the jar. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we're calling you out, bitch. Um, <laughs> we're anti-Jeff Bezos. <laughs> we we're are. taking Jeff a stand. Bezos. We are. <laughs> we are. We are here and now. You can find this link our ko-fi.com slash mqbd. You can also find that on any of our social media pages. We got people to thank. Guys, live in La Vida Loco. Wrote us a review Ooh. on iTunes. Nice. Upside inside cool. out. I can't sing Living anymore. Vida loca. No, no, no. Jimmy Martin, I can't even say his name. Ricky Martin, I said it. Fuck, is going to sue us. Um, <laughs> you can't say somebody's name or else you sue yeah. them. It's like Bloody Mary. Ricky Martin, Ricky no, Martin, Ricky Mary's Martin. Jimmy Martin. Martin. <laughs> oh, no. Shit. Black Mirror. Guys, Livin' La Vida Loco is awesome. They wrote us a review. We love you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Eric DeLong, for writing the music. Sarah Pohl for editing. Yes. Guys, if you got a song under a minute, send it to us. We will put it at the end of our episodes, and we will feature it, because we love you, and we need music, because we love music. Guys, if you want to talk to us, do it at Magic Quest Bros on Twitter Martin. and Instagram. And you love Ricky Martin. Use our hashtag MQBD or our hashtag Ricky Martin me likey. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've now started uh, just now on every social media platform. So oh, thank great. you for listening. Please use that hashtag and tune in next week to find out what these guys are going to choose. Bye-bye. Maybe bye. we'll make a decision. Bye. <laughs> Maybe. I doubt it.